People pay you to dig for clues to ancient history. And because of the nature of your work, you often spend hours and days alone, completely immersed in artwork from ancient times, completely different from our world. The more you study the artwork, the more you appreciate the brilliance of our ancestors. One day, you get the chance to travel to the other side of the world to study some of the oldest, most historic cave art created by humans. You're listening to 2233, a podcast of exchange stories. I'm an archaeologist, and so I did my work here in the United States in the Southwest in places like Texas, New Mexico, Colorado. Rock art is the uh, production of indigenous groups in, in the United States. Of course, that would be Native Americans. And it's paintings or engravings on rock and things like that. And there actually is a way to study them and to provide a context. And that's um, done and studied all over the world. And one of the best places to go and do it is in South Africa. This week, going from grazing cattle to grazing giraffes, developing a passion for passion fruit, and discovering the true artists of the ancient world. Join us on our journey from Houston, Texas to South Africa to meet the geniuses that came before us. It's 2233. We report what happens in the United States warts and all. These exchanges shaped who I am. When you get to know these people, they're not quite like you. You read about them. They are people very much like ourselves. And oh, that's what we call cultural exchange. Hi, I'm Patty. I'm from Houston, Texas. And in 2000 and 2001, I was a Fulbright Scholar to South Africa. I was based at the University of Witwatersrand in what's called the Rock Art Research Institute. There are thousands and thousands of rock art sites produced by several different groups of people um, who lived in South Africa for thousands and thousands of years. So um, you can learn about those, and then compare them with the U.S. stuff. And so that was the reason I went to South Africa. It's interesting because in some ways there's uh, commonality. So I was used to doing field work. I do field work um, in Southwest and then in South Africa. And when you're out driving about, driving to the, to the caves and the shelters and such to study the rock art, you pass animals, of course, on the way. And so in Texas, it was not unusual to pass cattle, uh, to maybe see um, roadrunners, uh, you know, things like that. Animals that I'm used to, deer, a lot of deer. But in South Africa, you're driving along, going to the sites, and the animals you see are giraffes. Um, they're water buffalo. They're lions sometimes, quite often lions. So that was really very interesting and, and quite uh, different from seeing a cow on the side of the road to seeing a rhinoceros on the side of the road. So I completely enjoyed that. 
and was always stopping the car to take pictures of various wild animals roaming around. My job was to teach in the university, in the, in the institute, and to teach about American rock art and then um, study the South African rock art. But that meant when I wasn't teaching, I was able to get out. When I think of South Africa, I don't think of being in the cities. I don't think of being in Joburg and Cape Town, even though probably I spent more of my time in the cities. I think of being out in the countryside and how absolutely gorgeous it was. Um, yes, look up pictures. Uh, the flowers. I mean, did you know that the protea is the um, flower of South Africa and there are something like 300 different types of protea? Uh, they just have the most gorgeous flowers. I also discovered passion fruit. I'd never had passion fruit before, but the flat that I rented had a passion fruit vine. So I was able to eat like three passion fruit every day which was great there and a real suffering when I got back to the States and realized I couldn't, couldn't find it and couldn't eat it anymore. So mostly I, ju I think of being out in the field, uh, doing my work, um, and all the amazing sights I've seen and all the people that were there that, that um, made it such a great experience. The field work was absolutely wonderful. Once again, um, I encourage you to Google rock art in South Africa. Um, produced by the San Bushmen, particularly thousands and thousands of years ago, the art itself is stunning. It is, these people were true artists. And to see the art on the cave walls that they produced is just amazing. Um, it, it really is like Michelangelo, for lack of a better descrip description, and I'm not exaggerating there. There's a whole range of rock art in South Africa, but particularly the Bushmen produced phenomenal images um, and paintings that are, are just stunning. I couldn't do them, <laughs> and they are beautiful. The paintings range from about 20,000 years old to now, really, um, and it depends on the culture and how long they were around and what was going on at the time. Um, but there's a long obviously very, very old tradition uh, of cave paintings, particularly.
it makes you feel inadequate. <laughs> no, it, it actually made me feel very lucky that I was able to be there and experience it and see it. But you realize just how talented um, these folks were, the effort that went into producing them, and it really makes you um, value the creativity of, of Homo sapiens sapiens uh, to actually produce such wonderful images that have specific and concrete meaning to the people who produced them. And um, if you're lucky, you get some taste of what they were trying to tell themselves and each other and anyone who looked at the images. So talk about a learning experience. It was great. Okay, one of my favorite things, as I said, okay, we're out in the field, and we worked in Kruger, which is one of the major parks in South Africa. And one of the, to me, the most amazing thing about working in Kruger is that we actually had to have bodyguards with us to keep away the wild animals. So people would come by and watch us being protected by these bodyguards. We're going, no, no, you're supposed to be looking at the lions, not at us. These guys are just protecting us from the lions. Um, so that's the kind of random, strange experience, which is really fun. Twenty-two-thirty-three is produced by the Collaboratory, an initiative within the U.S. State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, better known as ECA. My name is Christopher Worst. I'm the director of the Collaboratory. Twenty-two-thirty-three is named for Title Twenty-two, Chapter Thirty-three of the U.S. Code, the statute that created ECA. And our stories come from participants of U.S. government-funded international exchange programs. In this episode, Patty Bass told us about her experiences as a Fulbright Scholar in the Republic of South Africa. For more about ECA exchanges, including the Fulbright Program, check out eca.state.gov. You can write to us at ecacollaboratory at state.gov. That's E-C-A-C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-Y at state.gov. And we encourage you to subscribe to 2233 wherever you find your podcasts. Special thanks this week to Patty for sharing her stories. I did the interview with her and edited this episode. Featured music during this segment was Finding Oneself by the late great South African pianist Moses Molalekwe.
Music at the top of each episode is Sebastian by How the Night Came, and the end credit music is Two Pianos by Tagir Lius. Until next time.